0: Welcome to the C.S. Joseph Podcast. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph. Should be obvious. A little. And uh, welcome to Season 26, Episode 7, Eight Rules for Loving ENTPs. My type. Uh, Yeah, so this particular episode may take a while because sometimes the ENTP-related content just is kind of longer than usual. For some reason infp is also pretty freaking long but uh usually when i'm talking about myself it could just go a long 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 way uh but real quick though uh when it comes to uh the rules for love just understand that the rules and i haven't really talked about this much within the season but the rules have a tendency of changing uh changing over time and that's because of a shift uh, in in relationships that a lot of people just are not aware of this shift. And it comes from, uh, I became aware of this shift uh, after reading uh, Frederick Nietzsche and uh, his uh, take on needs versus wants. And it, this is extremely important because if you're just starting to date somebody and you're like doing the honeymoon phase, infatuation phase, or whatever the hell these people call it, uh, these days, uh, that very beginning phase of a relationship, uh, like having sex for the first time, dating, getting to know each other, all those things, uh, that huge rush, etc. That is the wants phase. That's where people's wants uh, are uh, like a bit higher. So when it comes to like eight rules for love, you know, in that phase, you're gonna want to be more aware of wants. Uh, when it comes to eight rules for love in a long-term relationship, committed relationship phase, which is basically post-commitment. And uh, then all of a sudden the relationship over time starts to actually shed wants as the primary goal, and it ends up prioritizing needs as a primary goal. And this is really, really important because when needs become the primary goal within a long-term relationship, the relationship ends up being at risk of failure. And this risk of failure uh, really just is as a result of closeness. And, And I'm quoting Mating in Captivity by Esther Peril. When I say that closeness is what ends up threatening a relationship in the long run and you have to come up with ways in a long-term relationship to reintroduce sexual tension because sexual tension is actually the glue of sexuality within the context of a sexual relationship now if you're in a long-term relationship without sexuality then i suggest you end that relationship or get some side action quite honestly Uh, although if you're like a woman in that, you're probably going to have to end the relationship before you go in that direction. Uh, if you're a man, well, I mean, men just, I mean, they, they get side action regardless of the status of their relationships. It's just kind of how men work. It's their, uh, polygynous, uh, sexual strategy. And it's just kind of normal. Um, so, you know, women following a, uh, one at a time approach, uh, focusing on quality would be their sexual strategy. Uh, men uh, focusing on quantity of women that is their sexual strategy, just kind of define it for you folks so you can just kind of know how it works. In terms of morals and ethics surrounding sexual strategy, I, I don't care to discuss those because they're entirely subjective and change from culture to culture. So take it up with your own culture. Um, I'm not here to judge your culture. I'm not here to say mine is better or even actually know what mine really is because I, I don't. I don't and I just, I just, I just don't care. Uh, so anyway, when it comes to rules for love, it's important to understand these dynamics, but the rules that I have are going to be kind of generalized, generalized between needs versus want. It's not really going to get into specifics. So just like, this is like in general, you know, ENTPs are looking for this when it comes to having a sexual or romantic relationship with an ENTP. And that's, um, that's, that's kind of a thing. Now, just be aware there's lots of different kinds of ENTPs out there due to cognitive focus and also different maturity levels as well based on how much life experience they have. I think out of all of the 16 types, the ENTP is definitely the weakest against, um, actually they're just the weakest of the 16 types. They're the weakest just by default. Um, However, they have the capacity to become the absolute strongest by developing their subconscious that's where you get people like uh andrew tate or david goggins etc who started out insanely weak within their life and then they became insanely strong and it's just because of that opposites or that extremes dynamic etc when it comes to developing infant sensing uh inferior or infant because it's a very infantile function so just kind of be aware of that i mean like i've I've been struggling with weakness my whole life and it just comes with Effie Child, SI Inferior, lacking life experience. Uh, my main hypocrisy of presumptuousness, which we've discussed in the uh, hypocrisy of ENTP's lecture in the uh, private members area. If you wanna become a member, csjoseph.live forward slash members, become a journeyman member. Uh, also, if you wanna be able to ask a question uh, per month and have it ter- be turned into a YouTube video, that's the acolytes uh, so upgrade your journeyman to acolyte uh, you can do that at live forward slash portal where you actually log into your membership area and actually check that out so for to get access to the private content so uh and there's like years of private content in there guys it's 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 like freaking netflix you could just binge it, it's just constant um so but yeah like entps just just be aware like there's a lot of different flavors and obviously be aware of that for any of the 16 types and you have to take these eight rules for love with a little bit of grain of salt because I may be unaware of my own bias in terms of how I'm presenting the eight rules based on the types but really the eight rules comes down to uh the the needs or the wants depending like I'm trying to generalize here uh, of the cognitive functions and that's just generally you know how we're doing it so But yeah, uh, so ENTP eight rules, uh, rule number one, you have to always make your ENTP feel wanted and desired at all times, literally at all times. And it's funny, actually, I read an article years ago and I wish it was still up, but it is not up anymore. It's one of the best ENTP articles I ever read on the internet. Uh, it stuck with me for a long time, but in the article, uh, this woman talked about, and she was, um, she was an INTJ woman. Uh, I I'd previously said that she was an INFJ, but no, she's actually an INTJ. And she wrote about her ENTP boyfriends, uh, plural, uh, that she had. And how she described them how she explained them, I realized that she was actually pretty accurate with her typings of her boyfriends that she had. But she said one of the main lessons that she learned is never, ever, ever leave your ENTP alone, like ever. Uh, because making your ENTP feel unwanted is the fastest way via cognitive access to make their SI inferior or infant just freak out and then just be like, okay, hey, uh, I'm not going to be loyal to you anymore. So, and and it's interesting because like, you know, throughout my life, uh, you know, I tell women that I'm romantically interested in, I, I, I tell them like, hey, look, if, I find, or if I get the idea, and I'm up front with them, like right at the beginning, I tell them like, look, if you're not really that interested in me, then you're not getting any of my attention. It's that simple. And this is what the INTJ was trying to state. It's like, hey, uh, you need to make your ENTP feel wanted and desired. And don't, don't leave them alone. Because, you know, it's funny, because as much as as much as uh, you know, like we we claim that ENTPs are are a low maintenance type, they're actually an extremely high maintenance type. Especially the more mature and the more manly uh, an ENTP is, the more towards their alpha traits instead of their beta traits an ENTP is, the more maintenance they actually require. It's funny that the more immature an ENTP is, the less maintenance they require because the immature ENTP is just gonna go out there and spend their attention on anyone. Anyone that shows them desire or want, they'll just drop their pants for that person. It's ENTP male or female, it doesn't matter. That's what they're going to do. Uh, but the more mature they are, the more that they, they have a higher expectation of quality and actual meaningful desire, desire that's actually real, realistic, uh, authentic basically. And if they're not going to get that, they're not going to give you attention. It's, it's that simple. So the price of loyalty, the price of an ENTP's loyal, loyalty is unfettered, which means unchained, uh, pure, passionate desire. Desire uh, You want them and you prove that you want them all the time. So like, if you're a woman, that means you're going to have to initiate sex from time to time. You're going to have to like jump his bones, basically. You see what I'm saying? You're going to have to show that desire. And that's not to say that an ENTP wouldn't be dominant in the bedroom because after you're showing your desire and they become more comfortable with you over time, that dominant Christian gray side will start to come out. And this is because from a BDSM point of view, and I know the BDSM test has been tossed around the CSJ discord like constantly recently. uh, In the BDSM test, ENTPs are usually the switch. Uh, But the thing is, is that when I say the switch, so the switch is like, they, they like to be dominant or submissive depending on their mood or depending on the situation, which is true. I am a switch from a BDSM point of view. However, if my woman is not making me feel wanted and desired in general, in life in general, Uh, I have no desire to be dominant with her. I have no desire to even give her attention. I will give attention to other girls. I will give attention to other women and I won't feel guilty about it. I used to feel guilty about it. I don't feel guilty about it now because it's like, great, my woman is not performing for me. She is not proving to me that she has desire or passion for me. So I'm gonna go talk to other girls who do. It's that simple. So literally, rule number one is make your ENTP feel wanted, make them feel desired all the time and prove it with concrete action, not just with what you say, you know, but with what you do, okay? You, you just have to. And now people are like, well, how the hell do I do that? Well, jump your man's bones every now and then. Or like, just just like, be like, get right up into your ENTP and be like, tell them like, yeah, I want you, you know, I want you because like ENTPs, like, for example, if an ENTP man is going to ask out a woman, how is he going to do it? Like, he really just goes right up to her, super direct with TI parent, and just be like, hey, you know, if you want to suck my dick in the parking lot after you get off work, you know, I'd probably be okay with that. Or uh, he'd also be like, um, um, another way of saying it would be, uh, hey, uh, if you wanted to ask me out, I'd probably say yes. You know, saying probably means a little bit of coquette uh, seduction style in there. But he's presenting the woman with a choice, an immediate choice, as if like, because the ENTP man would be like, just immediately attracted to the person, even if they don't exactly know the person per se. That's just, and that, that causes INTJ women to cringe and whatnot. But the thing is, is that INTJ women, if they actually allow themselves to be passionate with their NI hero, instead of being scared you know pussies all the time you know they might actually discover something that's the thing it, it's so weird to watch an i hero just be so risk averse and when comparing intj to infj women I have to say that INFJ women are way more willing to take the risk with their ESTP subconscious than the INTJ is with their ESFP subconscious. And it's hilarious to me. Uh, it, it's so funny because I get to watch uh, an affiliative INFJ have more courage than the pragmatic, a triple pragmatic uh, INTJ. I, I, I laugh at that. I think it's hilarious. And I think that's one of the reasons why INTJ women in general are just unhappy is because they're not willing to take those risks they're they're so afraid of losing what they have that at the end of it, it's like they're holding sand and they're crushing it in their hands and it's slipping through their fingers and their entire life is slipping through their fingers because of it and they're not willing to take that risk and i, I and 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 they and they like the and the thing is is that you know even intjs like they, they're like they um like uh I, I was i was talking to andy recently And uh, she's like, oh, well, you know, uh, emotional investment is important. And I'm like, whatever, whatever. Yeah, you INTJs say that emotional investment is important. Yes. And sure, emotional investment is important. But here's here's the reality, okay? Here's the reality of the situation. That's just, you know, whenever they claim, whenever these women claim that they want this emotional investment thing, they're either not actually that attracted to you. they probably don't actually want you that much uh, because you're probably more beta than alpha or you're not like, uh, you haven't developed that balance of beta and alphaness as, as a man in that situation. But the real thing is, is that it's just their SE inferior. They think by having that emotional bond that it's going to lower their chances of being rejected. That's actually the situation. When the reality of this situation is what is actually going to prevent them from being rejected is them having unchained passion for their ENTP. That's the truth. Emotional bonds, especially to a mature high value ENTP don't matter as much anymore because he's been around. He has life experience. He knows hypergamy. He is aware of the risks. He has suffered, right? But then you know, if you're gonna reverse the situation, you have like a, an INTJ man to a, an ENTP woman. The INTJ man's got that Fi child, masculine idealism that's like super, super hammed up. And like from his, his point of view, he doesn't want to deal with a hypergamous ENTP woman, and they are they're very hypergamous. I can't believe it. Like oh my god, like uh, they, they get around. They really get around. Um, but the thing is though, is at least the ENTP woman doesn't have to suffer the burden of sexually performing. And like her, her an ENTP woman is good at performing if she just lies down on her back and opens up because the INTJ man just doesn't really care that much. And again, I know we're talking about uh, uh, golden pairs here, but the same thing could be said, even in, like the, the natural pair, which is the bronze pair, uh, basically. Uh, so, you know, the thing is, is that the ENTP woman doesn't have to concern herself with performance and she just has to go out of her way to make herself as desirable as possible and preserve her beauty over time. I mean, she has it easy when compared to ENTP men because ENTP women are still technically more feminine than they are masculine. That's not to say that their TI parent can't come out and smack people in the face and they can come off masculine sometimes, but at the, but the at the end of the day, they're still very feminine women, and thus very highly sought after by men. And then INTJ men think that this emotional bond is going to actually keep the ENTP more loyal to them and they don't have to be afraid of her rejecting him as often. I'm sorry to tell you this INTJs and also ISFPs, uh, even INFJs. I'm sorry to tell all this to people, but when it comes to ENTPs, we have FI trickster. So the emotional bond is not really coming from us, thus it's not our responsibility, it's yours. It's yours, which means you're going to have to use your FI to actually invest in us. Oh, oh, but wait, that's rule three. Rule three is invest in your ENTP, but let's do rule two. Rule two is always listen to your ENTP even if you believe your ENTP is wrong. The good thing about TI Parent is that it will self-correct over time and it will admit when it's wrong. When it finally comes to the conclusion that it is wrong, it will admit it. And then it'll feel guilty about being wrong and then it will fix and that fix will be immediate. And it'll be immediate change and it won't happen again because guess what ENTPs overall are actually really consistent because they have SI inferior going aspirational mode, which means they're pretty consistent people, okay? You don't have to worry about that as much. Okay. So literally, it's okay. Tell the ENTP how you feel and make sure that they are aware of your feelings and what they are, how they are making you feel, et cetera. That's important. But the reality of the situation is you still have to listen to them. And it's not good enough, you FI users, to just hear them because I know how FI users project on everybody else. Okay, because FI users just want to be heard. They just want to vent, but a TI user wants you to listen. And what's the difference between hearing and listening? Listening means you hear them, but it's hearing plus action, meaning you take action. Hearing plus action. Why is that important? Because one of the biggest needs an ENTP has is trust. If an ENTP doesn't feel trusted in a relationship, they're they're not gonna they're gonna take their attention elsewhere. Trust is everything to an ENTP because they are already mistrusted by everybody else in their whole life that if their lover isn't trusting of them, oh my God, you're just like everybody else, get away from me. I'm gonna go someone to someone else who trusts me. I will drop you so fucking fast. I like, like seriously, into the dumpster you go. Like, no. Like, you don't trust me? You can't be in my life. I And you know, I, I've told this to many women in my life, like, look, Here's the situation. If if you're treating me poorly and another woman that I meet starts treating me better than you, my attention is going to her. So you need to make sure you keep that up. And one of the ways that they can keep that up is through listening. Listening, hearing plus action. Even if they believe I'm wrong, this is part of a woman submitting to me and being submissive, is that they trust me enough, they trust my thinking enough to actually try it out and then report back. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong and I'll take full responsibility for it, but I won't hold her responsibility, responsible for the failure. And this is where INJ women get really screwed up because they often automatically believe through cognitive projection that if I put them up to do something and that they fail, they think naturally that I'm going to hold them responsible for their failure. When the reality of the situation is myself, any NTP and any NTP out there worth their salt is going to hold themselves responsible for their failure. You see, that's basically an example of how women actually can submit to an ENTP man, by proving trust, okay? So TI parent, always listen to your ENTP, but really, actually the rule is always trust your ENTP, trust their thinking. That's really what the the second rule is, always trust your ENTP, okay? And you prove that trust through listening and listening is hearing plus action. Hearing plus taking action. Hearing is not just good enough. And I know you FI users, sometimes you like to be heard and that's cool. That doesn't necessarily mean I got to take action with hearing you, etc. But at least I heard you, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I could see that. Or yeah, I hear you or whatever. But the point is, is that at least you had your opportunity to vent, you had your day in court. Doesn't mean I'm going to take action though. But you FI users don't necessarily need that. TI users, however, do need that, listening equals hearing plus action, not just hearing, okay? That's a huge, huge thing. Because TI users don't really vent to people. They are all about problem solving. And unless you're going to take action, hearing or venting is not good enough, basically. So understand that. Rule number three is always invest in your ENTP. You as an FI user or you as any type, it doesn't matter. You need to be willing to invest in them. Emotionally invest, financially invest. It is literally you are pouring in to your ENTP, okay? You're giving in to them. And naturally they will return the favor by being super mega caring and supportive to you. But if you're not willing to put up your investment upfront and first, they're not really going to be interested. And also, they're also not gonna feel valued and made, like they're not gonna feel like a priority to you, okay? And that's the thing, you always wanna make sure every child is the number one priority in your life. If you're like a dog mom, for example, or a dog dad, if that's a thing, no, it's probably not. But like, look, if you're a woman and you have children, okay, like you're a single mom, or you're a woman and you have animals and you're like single, but you have animals, an antp man's gonna look at you and be like, "Wow, she's obviously gonna make her children a higher priority than me. She's obviously gonna make her animals a higher priority than me. She is not getting my attention. I'm going to go elsewhere. You see what I'm saying? So, like, like, do women not realize, especially NJ women, NJ women who are the ones who need an animal the most because you know they, they need something for their se because they're alone? But let me tell you something, NJ women." or anyone out there, if you have an animal, you are far less attractive to an ENTP than uh, other women. Like, uh, the ENTP man, this is just literally true, you know? Now, granted, luckily I like animals and I like dogs, but the thing is, is that I can't stand it when a woman is putting their animal or their pet above me. I will not be a second class or a third class citizen in her life. You know, and if she has children, I get that children are really, really important. The thing is, is that if she has children and she wants me to like, she wants me to like be like family to her one day, if she ever wants me to be family to her or if she ever wants me to potentially take on a kind of parental role over her children, the reality of the situation is, is that she has to put me first. And it's funny because my mother-in-law Uh, did uh, put her new husband, my wife's stepfather first, even to the point of actually kicking out uh, my wife out of the house uh, when she was young uh, on a few occasions um, because it was like she had to make the decision, okay, I I either like kick out my immature daughter or keep my husband because she was literally given that ultimatum, right? And in that particular situation, while it sounds really effed up, I think she made the right choice, Uh, given the choices that she was given. This ISFJ, um, she she didn't really her choice was completely taken away, and you know even my wife would admit, you know yeah I was pretty rough in those days, and there were times where I absolutely did deserve it. So like okay fair enough. At least she her Ti parent can actually admit that right. But the reality of the situation is you have to be aware that when it comes to those kinds of relationships. You know, if you if you have an animal, like if you if you got a dating profile, you got your you got your dog there and whatnot. Like, okay, yeah, you're not gonna get your like if an ENTP is super compatible with you, and you're like an ISFP, an INTJ, an INFJ, an ISTP, for example, uh, and you know, or an ENTJ, and and you're you're a woman, uh, and you have a dog on your profile, you're you're completely like a problem don't put your animals on your dating profiles like seriously that's like a really bad idea it's a huge turnoff. allow the ENTP to actually get to know you first before you reveal that you have an animal that way their every child never feels like you're going to make the animal a higher priority than them and the thing is is that some women are so solipsistic that they don't even know how like how emasculating it is for them to put animals up on their daily profile, they're completely unaware of how emasculating they are. And guess what? Feminine women, feminine women don't parade their animal around, okay? Because if you think about it, them having an animal is actually putting them in a masculine role with that animal, technically. And that animal is kind of. <laughs> it's emasculating because that animal could take on, you know, the masculine archetype of her life, basically, especially if it's like a male animal and whatnot, because she's filling that void, etc. And then an actual man comes along in her life and has to compete with his masculinity with an animal. That's like, that's bullshit. It's just not gonna happen. Now, granted, you know, INTJ men, uh, you know, or, uh, or, you know, INFJ men, or like men in general going after ENTP women, ENCP women oftentimes actually naturally see animals just as an additional burden so they're not really very often it's extremely rare for them to be dog moms anyway uh however it is extremely common for ENTP women to be single mothers aka alpha widows uh that is very common and so uh th- that's an issue so like so all of the all the compatible women with ENTP men, they're usually dog moms and single because they're usually usually the compatible women with ENTPs are the ones that uh, you know swallow the feminist propaganda big time, and they're they like and then they end up becoming sad and single and childless, uh, especially in their late thirties, and since they have nothing less else else to give, so all they have is their career basically, and they think their career is going to be their legacy. To which I respond. I have no choice but to laugh at you because while, cause when you die, no one's gonna care. No one's gonna remember you seriously. And you may think that you were gonna make this huge mark on the world uh, with your businesses and whatnot, but actually no, really only a few people will do that. Like, like how many people were remembered from the revolutionary war era, the framers of the constitution? you know, like, um, are we really going to remember Jeff Bezos? Are we really going to remember the previous super mega rich men of, you know, like, we might remember JP Morgan or the Rothschilds, etc, or people that we refer to as old money. But no one cares about Michael Dukakis, for example, who is that, right? No one cares about John May, who is that, right? So like, uh, it's, in order for someone to become great, especially like even a a woman, you know, a a woman entrepreneur to be super great and and be able to depend on that legacy to provide fulfillment, it's really not. Because here's the situation. When you die, you're gonna be surrounded by, who are you gonna be surrounded by? Are you gonna be surrounded by family and friends and people that actually give a shit about you? Or are you gonna be surrounded by kings, queens, dignitaries, uh, princes, diplomats, uh, AKA VIPs that really don't actually care about you, right? What's more important? So I think all you uh, people who are compatible, all you women who are compatible with ENTP men, you might want to consider the consequences, please. And also INTJs or all of the uh, compatible men with ENTP women, you got to understand, you can't take that away from ENTP women. Like you really need, like they are choosing to trust you. You need to choose to trust them. They are being loyal to you. Please return their loyalty because an ENTP woman's loyalty is extremely precious. It is extremely precious. And if you have that, you need to make sure that you don't screw with it. Do not screw with it in that way and recognize that she is the one who is giving you a legacy and being supportive of your legacy. Show her that respect. She's taking a huge risk with you anyway, okay? Don't let her down. Don't let her loyalty down because imagine the kind of bitterness that she's going to have as a person if if you do let her down because then she's naturally going to project that on men in general and then become even worse. And if you have children with her when that goes down, oh my, you've just destroyed your legacy there because her SE demon will destroy your legacy. That's just how it works, okay? So you gotta be careful. Watch out, men, like watch out. Don't do that to ENTP women, okay? Yes, women are hypergamous. Yes, they're solipsistic, especially ENTP women, but here's the difference. They're hardcore loyal and they're not stupid. And they'll figure shit out. And they can be the strongest of all women out there eventually. You just have to be willing to invest. So invest. Invest in your ENTP. Rule number four, do not make your ENTP feel uncomfortable or unsafe. And you need to consistently make sure that you are keeping things clean and nice and, uh, Don't pressure the ENTP too much. They'll start losing sleep. They're easily pressured. They're easily obligated. Also, please help the ENTP not get obligated. Sometimes we end up, other people obligate us or we end up obligating ourselves and it turns into an absolute shit show because when we're obligated, we'll drag everybody else down with us and it's a huge problem. So please protect the SI infant inside of the ENTP's mind from obligation. Go out of your way to use your extroverted sensing because if you're in a sexual relationship with an ENTP, you better have extroverted sensing. Use your extroverted sensing to unobligate the ENTP and remind them and teach them these things and pour yourself into them. This is an area that you can help them improve. Help them improve by helping them manage obligations and show them that the more obligations they take on, the more uncomfortable they're going to be later. And the more complaining they're going to be later. And the more they're going to make everybody else in their life suffer because they themselves are suffering, but they put that suffering on themselves. So you have to be in suffering prevention mode because ENTPs will absorb suffering and as suffering is attracted to ENTPs like moths to a flame. You gotta watch out for that. So you're gonna have to help them manage that, okay? so. and and go out of your way to give them a good experience. Look, if you're gonna let your body go and you're an SC user, wow. And this is why I tell, like, like for example, I tell men, you know, marriage isn't worth it because marriage don't get anything out of men. Because when a man gets married, his woman is, frequency of sex goes down quality of sex also goes down and she's just gonna let her body go. So she's not, so he's not really getting anything. And you could argue he's getting children, but then, you know, in Western society, a woman has the ability to decide if a man is fit enough to be the father of their child and just leave arbitrarily. So based on that, a man technically actually gets nothing out of a marriage. This is why I tell men to not get married, but, uh, yeah, they, they really don't get anything. Marriage is like one of the worst decisions a man could like ever make. And to the point where, like, I, I like, if for some reason, like, uh, you know, Railgun and I weren't married anymore, I would never marry again. You know, like, it's it, it's, a really, really bad idea. Um, and coming to, you know, these conclusions, I was already married before I came to these conclusions. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But, like, you know, in a, in a post-Chase-no-longer-being-married uh, era, I'll never get married ever again. It'll never happen. You know, it's just, it's just a really bad idea men don't really get that much out of it and all you dog moms or cat moms out there uh who are you know being delusional well guess what like uh no man's going to marry you especially you know if you're like if your fertility is expired don't forget you know hey when you're turn 30 you know women's fertility starts dropping 20 percent year after year so you might want to pay attention to that you know all you NJs out there who are so focused on your careers, you might want to start spending your fertile years on actually having children and then having your careers afterwards. But you know, that would require you to like, you know, trust a man. Oh, and what is one of the number one needs an ENTP man has? Oh, that's right, trust. Oh, wait, an ENTP woman has that same need, they need to be trusted. Because they've had to deal with their whole life of people not trusting them. Because they realize how shallow the world actually is. ENTPs hate how shallow the world is. And if you're going to be just as shallow and judge a book by its cover, which for example, INTJs do that all the time, men or women, constantly judge ENTPs as books by their cover and are insanely shallow. And because of that, y'all not getting our attention. Y'all not getting our loyalty. We're walking away from that crap. So this is why the INFJs are coming in and stealing your kill. Just letting you know. (laughs) It's your fault. It's your choice. So anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, make them safe, make them comfortable, uh, go out of your way to take care of yourself, continue to be visually appealing forever. Like I I have this thing where I've said, you know, Hey, if you're 50 years old, and you're not looking sexy in a bikini, I will divorce you or I will break up with you. Like that's that's just kind of how it is, you know, from my point of view, I have insanely high standards, you know, and if you are, if you can't even be beautiful for me, for me like all the time, then that means you're not feminine. That means you are not taking care of yourself. That means I'm not interested anymore. It's, it's just that simple. That means you're being disrespectful to me. So make sure that you're handling that. Also like, don't pressure me. I hate being pressured all the time. Let me, when I am comfortable to do something, you're going to have to just wait and be respectful of me when I'm finally comfortable to do something or I have the energy to do something, I'm going to do it then. It may be a while, maybe a couple of weeks, but you're just going to have to wait. And if you're not able to wait and wait on me, well, you can't, you're not going to get my attention either. You can't be in my life. That's just, that's just reality. So, The fifth rule is, is that just realize um, that uh, ENTPs have a huge problem with despair. We despair very easy. And uh, based on that, like you want to go out of your way. So rule five is, is don't destroy an ENTP's hope or optimism. You wanna support that optimism or their hope as much as possible. And one of the best ways that you can do this is by sharing your hopes and your dreams with the ENTP as well, because then it seems less hopeless. It seems way more achievable because they see somebody else doing it as well. And and they will share that with them. Also, again, with rule four, make them feel safe and comfortable. Recognize that they'll share things with you please accept what an ENTP shares with you. If you're just going to not accept what they share with you, they're not. Gonna, they're gonna stop sharing with you. And then they're not gonna wanna share with you anymore. And again, their attention towards you goes down. So another aspect of rule four. But with row five, that despair is a problem. They can be hopeless. So to combat hopelessness, always tell them like, what you want, what your hopes and dreams are so that they can have hope too, because they are gonna use their any hero to borrow your hope so they could stop being worried about their own future. Cause that happens all the time. And it's like super annoying that that happens, but it is a thing. So make sure you're on top of that. Uh, rule, um, rule six is just understand uh, that they by default, kind of like treat everyone and naturally believe everyone else is stupid. The older they are, the less they do that, the younger they are, the more they do it. And while ENTPs often expect people to listen to them they have a hard time listening to other people so this is gonna have you're probably gonna end up needing to be repetitive um but don't nag your entp that's a problem don't nag and even even intg men nag i've seen it it's it's kind of ridiculous uh but don't nag don't nag the entp because that would violate rule four but the thing is though is that just understand that if you're going to be presenting information or evidence to the ENTP, you better have done your homework because if they find one flaw in your argument, they're naturally just going to dismiss the entire thing. So you better be on top of your research. You better actually know that what you're talking about is true and accurate because if TI parent TI parent will nitpick it and if it finds one flaw, one, uh, it, they'll just dismiss it. So just be aware of that. Uh, make sure that you do your research. You do your due diligence when it comes to ENTPs. And if you do that, you're good. And uh, it'll just make them even more loyal to you. And they they'll 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 like not even they'll reject you. Uh, rule um rule seven is is stop having like insanely social expectations of ENTPs. Uh, like seriously, you can't expect them to ever fit a social mo- mold ever. Uh, and that's why they wear a lot of masks because they switch from social norm to social norm. Like they change underwear all the time. And while that is morally gray and is very pragmatic, it is an aspect of their independence. You have to allow them to wear the mask. Don't pull them out of the shadows. Let them be in the shadows. Let them play their little mind games or their little social games with other people. Just because they play those games with other people doesn't mean they play those games with you. Oh my God, you little paranoid INJs. Like seriously, calm down uh but you know cuz from their point of view they're sharing their mask you get to be inside of their mask with them basically that's the entp way okay so you don't want to hurt that if i trickster can be a serious issue now if i trickster though will develop morals over time they may they may be able to count them on one hand but those morals, aka principles, they will never let go of them because they've been completely tested. They're like, this is an actual principle and I will never let go of this. And you will have to respect that principle That's when, when they actually have them. It's a really, really big deal. Uh, but otherwise, just realize that they're just gonna be breaking the mold constantly and being that social pariah to the point of where it may even embarrass you. Get over it. Get over it. Because here's the thing. You have to realize that your embarrassment is based on subjective thinking anyway. So who cares? Who cares if you get embarrassed? Okay? If you get embarrassed, that's that could be as a result of your own ignorance. Not because the ENTP is an ass. It could actually be your ego investments being in the wrong place. Have you ever considered that? That's why their TE critic is not really going to listen to you unless you have you've done your due diligence, which is rule six, right? So keep that in mind. And rule seven, rule seven, just know that your ENTP will naturally make everyone else uncomfortable around you all the time. They'll come off like creepers, they'll come off like axe murderers or serial killers or whatever. They will just consistently make people uncomfortable all the time because that's what SE demon is. They'll even potentially shame other people and make a show or make a drama just to prove a point or just to teach a lesson. That's how ESFP superego works. Be okay with it. Also, you know, if you want to make sure that their SE demon is not going to come out, Again, make sure that you're pampering and providing Zen to their SI infant, okay? Super important. And then the, the, the demon is not gonna come out and destroy everything. Because here's the thing, if an ENTP is uncomfortable or hasn't slept or has insomnia or has a lot of problems, they're going to make sure everyone else is suffering. So if an ENTP is suffering, everybody else will suffer. You wanna stop the collective suffering in your life, in your family, in your workplace, get the ENTP comfortable, and then the suffering will stop. It's that simple because the ENTP is like, why is it fair that I'm the only person here suffering? If I have to suffer, y'all suffer with me. That's the reality, okay? That's a thing, you need to be aware of that. So make sure you're going out of your way to heal that part of them. And this is a thing where, like, you yourself need to put in more effort. So, for SE Demon, make sure rule number eight put in a lot of effort and do not cut corners or take shortcuts in your relationship. If you do, their suffering will increase, and then your suffering and everybody else's suffering, even if you have children with the ENTP, your children will suffer too. You can't do that. So, no cutting corners, okay? Do not cut corners in your relationship. You are either all in or you are all out. It's that simple, all in or all out. You have to do it that way and there is no other way. Otherwise, suffering will happen and your ENTP will take their attention elsewhere. That That's just, that's just how it is, guys. I, I don't know how else to be any less frank with you about it. That's what will happen, so anyway, folks. Um, Those are the eight rules uh, for loving ENTPs. Uh, If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, enlightening, please leave a like and a comment and we read all the comments, et cetera. If you have any questions, email support at csjoseph.life. If you wanna become a member, csjoseph.life forward slash members. And then uh, also guys, don't forget, we have our new course that's coming out very soon. It will start being available on February 1st, at least that's when we're timing it. And uh, that course, uh, it will be uh, how to bulletproof uh, your relationships against failure. And it'll be an amazing course. Um, the, the visuals and everything that we've had on it is so good. Included, we're going to have these data sheets for each of the types, explaining the cognitive functions, immature variants, mature variants, also definitions of the functions. Uh, we've done a really, really great job. They're at the graphic artist right now, and he's building it for us. I, I'm just, I'm just blown away by all the amazing content that we have for this course. So you guys are definitely going to want to get in on that. So we'll make that available uh, for you guys very soon. Uh, but um, uh, one thing at a time, right? So. Anyway, folks, uh, thanks for watching, and I'll see you guys tonight. You stole my heart of gold after my silver soul. Can you?